0: hi everyone Maria Toso here directly from the King's Garden in Copenhagen where I'm resting under a tree in the mild fall sun in Copenhagen and um... as I was walking here I knew I wanted to come to this particular park because it's so peaceful everybody just plops down on the lawn and you can't ride bike in here so there's just this peaceful feeling in the middle of the hustle and bustle of Copenhagen. But as I was walking here, I was, I was reflecting on my last couple of weeks of of coaching and chatting with people, and um, what seems to be a theme right now, and that may also be because of my own, where I'm at in my life, um, is how triggers that arise are seen as something to Uh, rise above, get rid of, um, not something to be embraced. And um, I am, I'm shifting really how I look at my own triggers, anxiety, fears, because as I have met one after the other and continue to do so because I, you know, picked up and moved, Um, away from the country, the United States, where I have lived for 25 years. I moved to Spain, lived there six months, picked up and moved to Copenhagen, where I grew up. And in all of that, I have felt incredibly unsettled. And that search for the home, the sense of groundedness in the outer world, has eluded me. Um, And As I've been reflecting on that in meditation, in conversations, I'm coming back to the notion that my life, whatever it is, is a school, is a holy journey, is a sacred journey, and that I may not be here to find the perfect home to settle into, with the perfect partner, in the perfect country, um, but rather I am here to stretch and become fearless. And what does it mean to become fearless? That means to trust in God, trust in the underpinning of the divine support system that surrounds me and all of us at all times. And that, that God, the energy of presence and love is within all beings and is available all the time. And it's only because we have fallen so deeply away from the Garden of Eden of Oneness, you could say, that we no longer trust that. So we try so hard to secure ourselves in relationships, in family systems, in tribes, in countries, in jobs, um, in fortresses, houses, what have you. And if all of that is stripped away, then what is left? And As I'm looking at what I have been up to for quite some time now, it's really been an undoing of all of those structures. And um, this is coinciding in my case with Uranus, the planet of (laughs) breaking down any and all structures that aren't really sound and healthy. And that is presently right on my Saturn and right in my seventh house. So in my case, it has a lot to do with pretty much stop looking for those safe structures in the other, be that in a partner or a job or a relationship, but but that sense of seeking that in the other. And the reason why I wanted to do a little podcast on this is because I see that same propensity in everyone I'm working with. And now I think as a teacher when you put yourself out there as a teacher it's it's not random who ends up coming to you I think it's often people that are working through similar issues and specifically when women get into their 50s if they're not partnered or if they have left a long-term relationship or marriage there can be this sense that you can certainly find evidence in the world for this that if you are not no longer fertile in the in the very biological sense of the word that then your value has diminished if you no longer look like a young woman your value is diminishing Um, and if we look at the prevalence of cosmetic surgeries and procedures that I, here in Copenhagen, I see, you know, on every other block, there's a clinic that's offering um, various procedures that are designed to make, you know, a middle-aged woman look much, much, much younger. And um, I think the tendency can be for women to judge each other for that, rather than recognizing, well, if we are being told by the outer structures that a woman's worth is tied into her desirability as a, as a uh, procreator, um, then of course it's that we internalize that. And it's, it's not necessarily something that we can change from the outside in. It's an, it's an inside job to recognize that there are these different phases in life and if you have entered a phase, and I think this is not just true for for middle-aged women, but those are, I, I tend to have a lot of clients in that age group. And um, if you are in that age group and you have maybe left a relationship, been left, left a long-term marriage, perhaps the kids are have, you know, left the nest, you're an empty nester then what is there if you're not being validated in the usual ways for your contribution within a family system, then who are you and, and what is your worth? And I think it's, it's natural for all of us to then seek that worth um, by improving ourselves so that we may then receive the, um, the validation in a new way. But sooner or later, I think we're all faced with what is triggering us and the methods by which we try to avoid feeling that um, they fail us. Um, In my case, I have not been drinking alcohol since I was in my late teens, early 20s. So that hasn't been one of my numbing agents, but I've always liked sugar, you know, not in huge gigantic quantities. but just always felt like it was quite appropriate to have a candy drawer where I would go and take a little nibble um, in the afternoon, you know, I'm a little sleepy, I need a little sugar. And it took me decades to realize that there was a soothing to that, um, a way not to sort of avoid feeling what I was feeling when I was reaching for for that. And And you might fill in the blank there because for you it might not be sugar. Although I feel like for most people that I work with, it tends to be alcohol or sugar. And often people feel proud that they're not doing sugar, but then they're drinking alcohol, or they're proud that they're not drinking alcohol, but then they're eating sugar. And it's really the rare person who has eliminated both. And um, the few people that have managed to eliminate both, and and I have periods in my life, but I I tend to keep falling back into the sugar trap in my own case. but when you do, there is um, there is a higher self connection that seems to be easier to establish when you don't have the interference of sugar. But rather than shaming yourself of wanting sugar or alcohol, I think it's a way to soothe the, the emptiness, the feeling of not feeling loved and safe and not feeling like you belong in the world. So... What I think the invitation is, and this again goes out to, well, everyone who's interested in in really working with themselves in a deeper way, is to think of the times when you are triggered. And another way to say that is you feel anxious, you feel scared, you feel not peaceful, you do not feel safe in the world. Whenever that is happening, that is... An opportunity to grow closer to God. And what do I mean when I say God? Um, another way to say God is Lord, and another way to say Lord is law, and another way to say that is love. Um, so it is the divine within us, the very breath that gives us life that was here before this particular body um, existed and will be here when this particular body is no longer in this world. And when we can get closer to that, which is not something outside of ourselves, and is not something that isn't us. But we tend to identify so strongly with being the mortal body and not so much with our own immortal selves. And so you could say as you become a middle-aged woman, and, and, and maybe you don't have the distraction, and it doesn't have to be a distraction, it could be a deep um, sense of exchange and love and mutual support. But, but say you're not in a constellation of partnership. Your invitation is to create that deep exchange, love, partnership with God. So you could almost say you're becoming um, a nun, even if just for a period of time where you establish this deep sense of connection to God um, that eventually your connection to God is not fleeting, is not something that you only reach for in times of deep despair, but is an overriding, vibrant, luminous sense of life force prana chi that you carry knowingly within you around you at all times. And when that is truly with you not just um, after you know, 20 minutes of meditation, or after an hour of yoga, but is rather there with you and that in fact, not feeling deeply content. and loved and lovable as a as an inner exchange um, then you know you're off that is not who you truly are you know you're in in the illusion of separateness and you get a chance to work with that Um, so you might say that it's a sacred invitation for more love so rather than resenting the times when we fall into depression despair darkness separateness loneliness it becomes an opportunity to pour more love into ourselves and so what do i practically speaking mean by that because that can sound very abstract and i think it's the opposite it's very very tangible in the sense that it is feeling into being with your physical body in a very very real way so for example, say you're triggered by something or somebody. You're lonely. You know, your friends are not writing you. Your lover is ignoring you or is, is no, no longer there or died. You know, it can be any number of things that have left you feeling lonely. Um, the invitation is to really feel that. And what does that mean? Well, that is a physical felt sense that is an actual sensation in the body and it's one that um, sort of bubbles up from within and the human tendency is to avoid that a cry out for help um, and then try to distract from it so the when I do this work with clients but in an ongoing way very much so with myself as well it's a daily practice of being with the body and by that I mean like body scanning like feeling every iota of my body you know from the tips of my toes to the tip of my nose to the earlobes to the tip of the toes and the fingers and, um, and everywhere in between like literally feeling everything and in that moment of arriving into a part of the body that part of the body is receiving more presence, more energy. So beyond doing this work of triggers, it's, it's also illuminating the body and bringing more health, vitality, and well-being to the body to do this practice. So that's really an added bonus. Um, but in the sense of the emotional triggers, you will eventually come upon the place in the body that feels the least comfortable, where that emotional trigger is showing up. And, I mean, you could even do this right in this moment. Just check in with your body and what is the most anxiety-producing feeling in the body right now and where does it reside? So, as I have moved from country to country and uprooted everything and not really rooted down in any solid way with in, in, in a home, uh, with a partner, um, with family, with a job, I feel, when as I even say that out loud, I feel it as a, as a knot in my stomach. That's what's showing up for me. And, and that's a typical place, but it could also be. And at other times I just went through a, a bout of, of grief and that was very much showing up in my heart and in my throat. um, so there isn't just one place in the energy field where this shows up. But, but feel it. Feel into it. Like, like scan through the body and feel where that is. And then treat that place in the body as you might say the most loving, sweet, caring caretaker parent would treat a crying baby in the night. Yeah. So... um, a caretaker that would simply ignore a crying baby would not be a very kind caretaker, right? Um, a caretaker that would go um, give the the baby um, a sedative would not be considered very kind either. But a caretaker that would get up and say, Okay, this is not comfortable. I have to get up at 2 a.m. and shuffle down the hallway and, and lift the child out of the crib and maybe sit in the armchair with the baby at my chest to give this baby love. Like just instinctively we know now that's love. Now that's that's being there for someone. So it's that same sentiment. It's that same gesture that you be there for yourself that way. So you could come back to the present moment and, and use that image or that gesture like if you find that place within your body that is uncomfortable um wherever your anxiety is presently showing up and bring yourself to that and that could be you know in a very real way putting your hands on it um but it could also be just a sense of being in there holding the place with your uh willingness to feel it it's almost like a not of contraction and darkness that you're penetrating with your light, with your love, with your presence. And initially, when you do that, it's going to feel like you're magnifying it. It's like, oh, why would I do that? Before I started feeling into it, it was only a 2, and now it's a 10. So why are you guiding me into feeling this place within myself? But as you stay with it, And you can again bring to mind the image of a wailing child that's, you know, been sobbing and really felt lonely and scared and cold. And now finally, the sweet arms of love uh, are surrounding and holding this baby. And the baby is not going to instantly go quiet. It might still be sobbing and heaving and, and... Feel tense and tight in the body, and but as the arms and the love and the heart radiates love into the baby, the baby slowly trusts that it's now held in love again. So you bring that image to the place within you that is that has been triggered by whatever. And at that point, it doesn't really matter if you're a middle aged woman or if you're a 20 year old man or anything in between, that you are a humanoid that is feeling alone, scared, not loved, not safe, not like you belong, not grounded, and then all of this love arrives and is holding you and is with you, and as you do that, it is literally that you're guiding the divine to your own dark, contracted places, the parts of you that don't know God, that don't feel loved. So you could say you're repairing your own energy system. You're repairing the places that are not penetrated by by love. And maybe up until this point, whenever you felt not loved and and felt in contraction in some part of the energy field of the body, you had someone who could fill that void. Well, if this outer person holds me, or if I get this glass of wine, or if I have this piece of chocolate, or if I pick up my phone and get busy, you know, looking at social media or what have you, then I'm distracted away from feeling it and I'm sort of numbing out the sensations. Well, now you're going a different route. Maybe you've stripped yourself of that. And maybe if you do find yourself alone, and now back to who I originally talked to is, you know, middle-aged women, but um, I think this pertains to any human, um, that then suddenly not having to be the, um, the brave person. So say, for example, if you are a recent empty nester, as I am, and you have always you know, play the role of a caretaker because that is the role that you have with your children. And and part of that role is I've got it, we'll be okay. Mama knows the way, I'll feed you, I will make sure everything's fine. And even as we're walking through the dark forest, you just follow me, I know where we're going. Even if you don't, that would tend to be what your role as a caretaker is. Well, if the the little people that you used to do that for a no longer around, you can drop that role and you can, you can drop needing to, you know, sort of posture that you know everything and you can instead slip into that part of you that doesn't know everything and that needs to be held. And you can then at this point really guide love into those crevices within yourself. And all of a sudden the outer social structures of the way the world currently is um i hear this from a lot of middle-aged women oh men you know my own age they want women that are 20 years younger um and that may be true you know i'm not contesting that because that is the experience um and they're doing that for their own reasons we're all just trying to feel better and that may be one of the ways um but all of a sudden, any situation, even one in which you may feel abandoned or may, may feel like your purpose as it used to be is no longer there and you're, you're forging a new purpose, you're figuring out now how do I contribute in the world um, and do I tie my, my own self-worth into what I'm contributing or do I have inherent worth. And as you practice being present with God within yourself, all of a sudden you start to walk around more and more with your head held high knowing that you are a child of God in a very real way. That you are so loved, you're so needed, you're so... um, you're so allowed to be here. Not just allowed to be here, you, 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 you need to be here along with everyone else. And you do not have to ask permission to be here and um and then that becomes the healing so it might have seemed as though finding a new purpose where you could be a mom maybe as a teacher maybe as the 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 thera- therapisty friend <laughs> that everybody would come to or or you know even in a relationship where maybe you have that role of of giving 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 um maybe being stripped of all of that is a sacred, amazing, spiritual opportunity to reconnect in a much, much deeper way with God, with the Divine. So that these times in our life where everything has been stripped away, which, as I see it, tends to happen whether we're willing or not. So we can either kind of play along and let things go or we can cling on to them and, and then they tend to be pried out of our hands. Um, because it seems like we have to go through these periods of time where all there is left is God. And that is really the gift. And um, just as a, a coddled, spoiled child who's handed everything, you know, born with a silver gold spoon in their mouth and, and never lack for anything, tend to never really grow up. Right? And what does it mean to grow up? It's beca- to become sovereign. And what does that mean? That is to fully give birth to, to the light, to God, to our own divinity within ourselves. If that piece of who we are is always externalized, because we're not fully giving birth to that ourselves, we will continue to um, find source, God, outside of ourselves. So, so say we have a rich father as an an actual father (laughs) who has an endless supply of resources and all we have to do is go ask for it there. We never realized that we actually had that capacity within ourselves from the beginning because we never have to have to um, experience that. So. If you are in some kind of a hardship situation, be it lonely because you don't have a partner, lonely because your kids have left, lonely because you never had kids, lonely because you've moved to another place, lonely because you're no longer feeling um, aligned with people you used to feel aligned with, I invite you to see that as an incredibly sacred opportunity to do the deep heal what hurts work, going deeply inside yourself. Feeling, 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 being with the pain, not to torture yourself, but again, bring that image to mind of picking up the crying baby, the scared, cold crying baby in the night, and holding the baby until the baby trusts that you're there. And then you start to be there for yourself that consistently. And over time, the baby may have to cry a lot less. Maybe the baby just has to whimper ever so lightly and immediately love swoops in and you know to um, translate into just your own internal bodily energetic experience that your triggers won't have to overwhelm you quite so much because the early uh, inklings of, of fear of anxiety will be felt immediately and you will swoop in there with open arms holding it, not waiting for someone else, and, and that doesn't mean that you don't at some point come into great deep exchange with either a partner, friends, kids, what have you, but that your primary relationship is with Source, is with God, is with your own life force, your own relationship to Divinity. So I guess that's what I got for you on this lazy Sunday in the King's Garden um, here in Copenhagen where I'm watching people stroll and laying on the grass and, um, and the sun still warming us. Of course, not quite the way it did in the summer, but still very, very beautiful. Just soaking it up. I send you so much love. Bye for now.